907. Happy Monday to you. We are kicking off our Monday in a special way. We have Bob Burgie and Katie Burgie in studio. How are you this morning? We are great. How are you, Jenna? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you are this morning. So text in a good morning to 850-437-1620, as well as all your questions on this beautiful, sunshiny Monday morning. Yes. What a great weekend, right? Oh, beautiful weekend. Yeah, beautiful weather, everything. It was very refreshing. Right on. So this is your Money Monday with Bob and Katie. Um, I think just a little bit of a introduction as far as what we do. We are wealth advisors with AlphaStar Wealth Management. Uh, we are local. Katie, where are we? What, what's a what's a good description where we are? We're right 20, across yeah. the street from Jerry's Drive-In. The infamous you know Jerry's Drive-In, yeah. yeah. 2810 Cervantes yeah. here in Pensacola. And uh, right down the road from uh, your favorite place. New Yorker Deli. New Yorker mm. Deli, yeah. <laughs> good one. Love us some New Yorker Deli. So, yeah, we're in a good spot. Very convenient spot, but on the corner of what is really Perry and Cervantes Street. 2810 East Cervantes. All right, um, but this is a new time, and this is great. Mondays, great way to start the week that's every, right, mo- Mondays. And every Monday morning. Yeah, Mondays at 9 a.m. So we get more of you um, you folks that are driving to work or beginning your week in a great way, and we hope it's a, a great week, especially in terms of the markets. Right, Katie? It's been a, a, bit, a, a very difficult time year, year to date and even last week. Yeah, definitely has. <laughs> We're hoping for better weeks ahead. Yeah. Katie, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, not only who we are, and uh, but but what we do, okay? And what are some of the things we do at Alpha Star Wealth Management? Uh, really financial planning, everything yeah. to do yeah. with... Anything having to do with finances. Obviously, we manage money. Uh, we're also, I, I'd say, deeply involved in, uh, of course, investment planning, retirement planning, tax planning, uh, asset protection planning, okay? Mm-hmm. That comes in many forms. Wealth transfer planning. You have a, uh, an area of expertise in that. You spent uh, years doing that with uh, Fidelity uh, out in Denver during your time with Fidelity Investments. Yep. Um, we also have in our office Medicare and Social Security planning. And the beautiful thing about working with my daughter, Katie, uh, is we're able to do multi-generational uh, planning. Um, Katie and I always meet with folks together, and it it affords us different perspectives. You know, we'll get it out there. I'm, I'm 60. That's all right. Katie's 33. 
Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit more about our background. Katie uh, comes to us from Fidelity Investments, as we said, in Denver. Uh, Katie spent 11 years out there. And uh, she also has a an accounting degree from Loyola. Correct me if I'm wrong. Accounting. Correct. Accounting. All right. And uh, an MBA from University of Colorado. Go Buffaloes. Right. Did you even know they were the Buffaloes? I did. I did. I didn't know you did. Yeah. And of course, we're licensed in every way, every way imaginable. We won't bore people with that. Right. right. Yeah. Um, my background is, uh, of course, undergrad. You know, who cares about that? That was what, 40 years ago. Right, Katie? Yeah. What um, was your undergrad? It was economics <laughs> and business administration. Double major. Wow. Take that. Yeah. All right. And then can you, what else, what else did I do? You went to law school. Law school, right. Graduated law school in 1987, long time ago. Wow. Way before you were born. Well, and then uh, also I, I have an MBA yeah. at the University of Miami. So anyway, wanted to talk a little bit today about the markets. It's been bumpy out there, very bumpy. Um, and we want to talk about the different sectors, how they've performed. We want to talk about uh, last week in particular. Last, last week was an amazing week. Monday and Tuesday were the two best back-to-back -back days in the market um, in, I, I think, the last three years, okay? It was also the best beginning of the month of October since the year 1930. That's amazing. Now, that's just the first two days. Wednesday was a bad day. Thursday, the market was up. And Friday, of course, the market closed down. But uh, we have tremendous volatility in the market right now. We want to talk about um, the different sectors and how they've performed this year. Uh, we also want to talk about the broad-based markets and uh, the broad-based uh, indices and some of the not so broad based indices um okay the s&p 500 for the week ending last week was down about three percent um the s&p 500 down year to date 24 percent all right not a good year for the broad based index um as a matter of fact every single index equity index. Equity means stock indexes. Every single one, with the exception of one, is down over 20% year to date. I'm just full of good news, right? Right. <laughs> but can it's you... It's good time for planning. Yeah. Now, we want to talk about, you know, the one index, the one uh, index that is not down 20%, and that's the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, it's down. It's down. But what's what's interesting about the Dow Jones Industrial Average? It's it's thirty companies, they're old companies. I think the average age of each of these companies is over a hundred years old. And one of the things we find with older companies, certainly they're not growth companies, right? They can become growth companies, but it's pretty unlikely after a hundred years, right? Right. Um, but they've these already done that. they've already done that. They've gone through their growth growth cycle. But there there are some companies that reinvent themselves. And they, and they become more. They look more like growth companies, right? Than than perhaps value companies. It's seldom, but it has happened. Apple, Apple had some dark days, 
very dark days, reinvented itself and, uh, you know, became a growth company. Um, but, uh, you know, back to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 companies with, uh, you know, a 100-year-plus track record. But one of the things you find with these companies that have been around 100 years, um, we always like to share this with our clients, you can do one of two things with your earnings, right? What right. can you do with earnings? As a company. As a company. <laughs> um, you can pay them out right. to your shareholders That's right. as dividends. And most likely, a company that has gone through the growth phase is doing exactly that. So the two things you can really do with your earnings, and you can do a combination, of course, but you can, if you're in the growth mode, if you're a growth company, you probably want to plow your earnings back into the company right. to grow, um, to conquer other markets, to, uh, you know, to get your product out there, to, you know, to, uh, you know, plow money into research and development. You know, you're growing. Hey, you want to use your, you want to use your earnings to, uh, uh, as capital, right? Right. You, you want to put it back growing. in the company and, and then you'll see hopefully, um, a lift in the price of your stock. Okay. But most growth companies, as a matter of fact, purely growth companies do not pay a dividend. Okay. Not the case with the Dow Jones industrial average. Um, they're older companies. Um, and I believe all of the companies pay a dividend if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're, uh, they're, they're what we consider value companies. So they're doing the former, what Katie mentioned. Um, so back to what you can do with earnings. Reinvest in your company or pay it out in the form of a dividend to your loyal shareholders. And that's what a lot of these companies are doing. Um, they typically trade at a lower price-to-earnings ratio. They're, they're considered more affordable stocks. Um, and they have a long track record of earnings and just a long track record in general. But if you're paying a dividend to your loyal shareholders and your stock price has gone down, that's going to offset that. So the, the, the one index, the one you know um, major index that is not down <laughs> over 20%, can't believe we're saying this, that is not down over 20% year to date, is the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So it's looking good among its peers. Um, so last week, again, very volatile week. The first two days were terrific. The, the next three days, a mixed bag, and the market was down overall right about 3%. We, wanted, we, we also want to update our listeners on you know the fixed income side. The fixed income side, uh, what we call the bond side, which is historically been been what katie a safe place for our investors you right, know yeah. um, um since 1982 uh interest rates have come down and they have stayed down what have we seen this year from the fed how many how many interest rate hikes we've seen four at 75 basis points we're going to have another interest rate hike on november 2nd i believe that's the date and on november 2nd We'll see, you know, I think most of the experts are saying 75 basis points. It may back down to 50 basis points. Certainly that's already baked in to bond prices. But we have a relationship with bonds um, 
we have a, a relation interest rates have a relationship with bonds that are actually what is known as an inverse relationship as interest rates go up bond prices go where down like clockwork <laughs> and a lot of people really don't understand that and we we try to um and so we give folks an example if i have a bond portfolio of a hundred thousand dollars okay and it's paying two and a half percent because that's what it was paying when I bought it, right? When I when I acquired or started investing money in bonds, it was paying something that was a very low interest rate, let's say two and a half percent, three percent. Not bad. But now it's not very good because interest rates have gone up so much. So if I have a if I have an invested bond portfolio that's paying two and a half, three percent and newly issued bonds are paying 4%, 5%. Who wants my bonds? No one. Nobody. <laughs> at least not at the price I paid for them. Right. So the bond prices go down. Interestingly enough, over time, all bonds, all solvent bonds, will gravitate back to their par value, which is typically what you bought them at. But the closer they get to maturity the closer they get to that par value. Um, but let's talk about some of the numbers on the bond side because typically investors have considered the bond portfolio to be sort of a safe haven. Year to date, alarming numbers here. Uh, U.S. government bonds, the aggregate bond index is down over 15% year to date. Um these are bonds, again, usually considered your safe money, conservative investments, um, but it is down, uh, that aggregate U.S. bond index or U.S. government index is down over 15% year-to-date. Um, U.S. corporate bonds are down almost 19% year-to-date. These are these are alarming numbers for the bond side, for the fixed income side. Um Intermediate bonds are down right around 12%. Intermediate term bonds and uh, long-term bonds, which are anything over, uh, I think what they call, well, they actually uh, call this anything over 20-year term bonds are down 30% year-to-date. Um, so again, the bond indices, uh, the fixed income indices have not rewarded investors this year at all right right no so, I, I find it crazy it it is it I've is not seen that now we talked about the stock indices uh specifically the s p 500 and the dow jones industrial average um the growth index you know the dow jones industrial average as we as we set forth earlier in the show is down uh less than 20 percent however the growth index, the quintessential growth index, is uh, the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ is down year-to-date over 30%. Now, we're going to talk about cruel math, and we do have, uh, we have, uh, I believe, a text, Jenna. And, um, and, um, and if you'd like to call the show, the number is 850-437-1620. 
Again, 850-437-1620. If you have any questions, we're talking about the market today, but if you want to talk about anything, please give us a call. Uh, you can also text into the show as this listener did. So here is the question. Um, how do you feel about dollar cost averaging in times like these? Great question. Okay, DCA, dollar cost averaging. Um, that is choosing a term and an amount and investing your money slowly in the market. It can be slowly. It can be it can be actually swiftly, you know, it can be just any consistently. term, but you, you set forth a, a pattern of investing your money. Now, uh, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in cash and you want to get it into the market. Do you want to plunk it into the market in one day at one point in time at one price for those, for the, for the securities you're buying? Probably not. Maybe you want to take 25,000, Okay, and in four separate increments, perhaps over a couple of weeks, um, perhaps monthly, perhaps every three months, get that money invested over time. Now, uh, listener, yes, I'm a big advocate of dollar cost averaging. Um, we have a policy where we work. If you're coming from a fully invested position, like in, in a 401k, you're fully invested and the money comes over, we will go ahead and get you back in the market immediately. And that's something that makes sense. If you come from a fully invested position outside of your 401k, we will get you fully invested um, right away. But if there's some sort of liquidity event, let's say you sold a, a family-owned family property, you know, let's say a farm, and there was a liquidity event in the family, or let's say you've just been hoarding cash, accumulating cash. Let's say you sold something else, uh, and I, uh, a family business, a piece of real estate, and you have this cash. Yes, we will dollar cost average into the market. However, right now, I would say we would ramp that up. We, we would err on the side of ramping that up pretty quickly. Um, the market being down, 25% year to date would certainly point to this being an excellent time to take idle cash and get it invested. Absolutely. What are your thoughts about that, Katie? Besides absolutely. Um, the more the market's down, I think the more compressed yeah. your dollar cost averaging timeline would be. Um, there are two things that always um precede a market downturn um one of them is what we just described volatility volatility uh increased volatility in the market usually leads to a downturn in the market um the other one is past performance so past performance being extremely good and volatility in the market uh will usually um, uh, in, in some cases, I shouldn't say always or usually, but will most, most of the time, uh, lead to a downturn in the market. Volatility and, uh, and, and good past performance. As a matter of fact, our beta shield portfolio that we use, which is a tactical model that gets you in and out of the market. Those are the two biggest indicators 
to de-risking your portfolio, uh, past performance, past good performance, and uh, and volatility in the market. But um, no, thank you for that. Thank you for that question. I I'm an advocate of dollar cost averaging. I would I think I would step it up even more yeah, when the right market's now. Down. We wanted to talk about the cruel math, Katie. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, what did we just say the market is down? The broad-based index, 25% year-to-date. I remember in 2008, in 2008, uh, the market was down 38.5%. Um, the market went up the next couple of years. And a lot of people had some decent returns, you know, 20% one year, 20% the next year. And, you know, a lot of people would say, hey, I got all my money back. You know, the market, the market did well enough. I, I got it back. But, you know, when you, when you have a position, and let's just use some numbers, because that's always easy to do on the radio, right? You have $100,000. We always start with $100,000, right? It's easy to follow. If you're down 25%, that means your portfolio has gone down to what? 75. 75,000, right? Now, in order to get back to where you were, 25% isn't going to get it, is it? Nope. You have to, and this is a little difficult to follow, but you have to make a full one-third of what you already have, 33%, to get back to where you were. The greatest example of this that we use is you have $100,000. The market goes down, or you, you lose 50% of it. It goes down to $50,000. In order to get back to where you were, you have to make what? Not 50%, but what? 100%. 100%. So you start with 100000 It drops down to $50,000. You need 100% to get, You need 100% to get back to where you were. Um, that, is, that is cruel math. So right now, as, as you know, if, if you've been in the market year to date um, and that portion is down 25%, you're going to need a full 33% to get back to where you were. Um, so it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult to 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 recapture these losses. But what are we getting a lot of these days, Katie? We need to. Should we get out of the market? Is it going to get worse? Okay, you cannot you cannot do that at this point in time. Not on October 10th, 2022. Okay, it may go down more. It may go down more, but please don't liquidate your positions, right? Yeah, don't realize the, <laughs> the loss. The only way the only way you're going you to lose is by selling in in a market like this. But um, hang in there, everyone. There are better days ahead. We do have a lot of uh, economic indicators being reported this week, and it promises to be a very volatile week. But uh, there are better days ahead. Thank you for joining us today. This is Your Money Mat or excuse me, Your Money Mondays. I am so sorry. That's the new name of the show. Your Money Mondays with Bob and Katie. And we will see you next week. Bye bye.